Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and I believe he's been let out of his metaphorical prison this weekend. Uh, it's Stu. How are you doing, Stu, on day release? Yeah, not too bad, you know. Uh, it's, it's probably questionable to let me out of anything, like contracts, prison terms, anything like that, really. But yeah, I'm here. I'll make the best of it and I'll try not to get rearrested. Fair enough. And you've got a free day or free weekend this weekend? Yeah, I've got I've got a bank holiday and for the first time in oh, two years. It's almost it's going to be like a proper one, like I can properly relish it and enjoy it. So that's so cool. So are you going to have jobs or are you going to be pants and games? Well, why not both? Is the question I ask. Just don't um, do pants and don't do pants and outside jobs. People frown <laughs> upon that. I know, but I don't care. You know, I'm very body confident. Um, yeah. yeah no it'll probably be uh going out into the wild and yeah going to look at nice things in pleasant country scenes i think in, into the wild lands of cheshire yeah it's crazy it's like a jungle out there man it would be if you, if you went down to cheshire oaks it'll be probably insane at the oh weekend. oh the idea of that on a bank holiday makes me want to just cry <laughs> Yeah, he says, yeah, I will stay at home. Just I'll, I'll take everything off, wear pants and play uh, and play some retro video games. Hell yes. Um, talking of video games, this is a video game show. I've been playing quite a bit this week because I've been playing catch-up because my vision's improved again. But yourself, Stu, been playing much? Every time you say playing catch-up, I have to force myself not to make the crap joke of, ooh, I've not heard of that one. But... <laughs> With that done and out of the way, um, yeah, I've been playing two. Well, I've been playing one game really heavily, and two that this week is going to be played really heavily this weekend. So uh, I've been playing Bravely Default two on my Ooh. new Switch. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I loved the first one of that. I caned it. I spent about ninety hours on it when you only need about thirty or forty to complete it. So I didn't I haven't touched Bravely Second just simply because. I only need one of these games every few years and, and it's just as a few years were rolling out Bravely Default 2 came out so I started on this so yeah I'd uh, been playing it on the bus <laughs> it's a perfect bus game because you don't have to worry about every time you go down a pothole which you know they're often several feet deep that you will uh, you will miss your timing and ruin your game so yeah no it's it's really good is I, I've, I've bravely default two isn't actually the second game, is it? It's something like the third or fourth. Yeah, to, to my knowledge, it's the third weird main conventions. Game. Yeah, it's because the second one, the second game, uh, bravely second. <laughs> um, I think it was more of a kind of because it was so. I think it was meant to be quite similar to the first one um, that it, it wasn't classed as a true sequel, whereas this is. I think that's how it works. But uh, yeah, it's actually the, the third main game, I think. Yeah, it's basically a, a classic JRPG in the, in the classic Final Fantasy style. The main quirk being two quirks. One is that it's nabbed the job system from the earlier Final Fantasies that they kind of didn't bother with in the, in the later ones. And it's got this default system where you can choose to basically block for a round 
but you kind of bank an action and then you can choose to spend those actions uh, another time. So if you've got a character that's uh, really weak but very good with sorcery and wizardry, you can like default, default, default and then bank up a load of attacks and then do them at once or you can you know just use your regular guys to spam it's just clever and doing the banking thing is called defaulting and, and using the actions because it's called brave hence the name so uh, yeah it's apart from that it's classic rpg you know you're on a mission to save the world it's cutesy sprites well polygons but i call them sprites and uh, yeah it's very good I don't know the developers. I, I've got to respect the developer that just looks at what the game does and goes, yeah, that'll do for a name. I know. Because <laughs> so, uh, I know they've got another one coming out they're working on that, again, is just like, it's, the, it's just named after whatever the mechanics are. So it's yeah. like a triangular type feature or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly, but it's like, I've got to respect it. It's like someone releasing um, a football game and just going, yeah, we've called it Kick Goal. Yeah, or shooty guns for an FPS and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or for sort of like instead of Gears of War, they call it crouch down and shoot. Yeah, no hit reactions. That's what Gears of War should be called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I've I've got to respect it. I've tried bravely default a little while back, and I I couldn't get into it because it is a JRPG ask JRPG. Yep. And my mind back then was struggled with those sort of games but I, I might at some stage when i sit in a sale pick up bravely default too and try and jump into that yeah i i would recommend having a go it's really simple which is you know uh, that's the thing rpgs you tend to think oh as time has progressed they've got more complicated you know they've got complicated is the wrong word more sophisticated I suppose is a better word more sophisticated and the stuff that annoys you is kind of stripped away and it's moving more towards a kind of mass effect real time style even in the classic Final Fantasy series uh, and this is not that this is like proper like you select stuff from a menu and you wait for it to play out but it does have a lot of good quality of life stuff so there's just like the previous games on on the 3ds you can change the speed of the battles so that they whiz through really quick you can avoid battles without having to do it from the menu like creatures appear on the map and you can choose to have those fights or not apart from the odd ones and just loads of tons of little quality of life stuff that that erases the irritations of of the early Final Fantasy games, for example. So it's it's not stuck in the past in a bad way. It's just sort of looking to the past and, and picking out the nice stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's not the most beautiful game. It's it's lovely design, um, just like the the first two games. But they re- they kind of really pushed the three DS and and they looked lovely. Whereas this underutilizes the Switch, so it only looks okay they like chibi sprites type thing yeah 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 Yeah, that's right tiny little arms and legs and big heads and and, big heads and eyes and yeah yeah Um, yeah, it's i mean if it's one of my biggest problems with i think final fantasy x and uh 12 and stuff like that one of my biggest problems i ever had with those was there was just too many mechanics going on and having to give your party jobs and the way you had to manage your party and it took me ages actually a ridiculously and embarrassingly long time to realize 
what jobs were in an RPG, and it wasn't actually about jobs. It's just something to do with like what skills and stuff they Char- actually character have. Character classes, yeah. Yeah, character and it was classes. like, uh, yeah, and that confused me for a long time. But yeah, they just get too much. Um, and we'll t- I'm going to talk about this down the line about ADHD gaming and why I struggle with certain games and the old RPGs. That was one of them because there was just too many mechanics that you had to manage in one at one time. So if I mean, if Bravely Default Two has slimlined that or streamlined it a little bit, then that that's something maybe I might dive back into. Yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating that what you mentioned about ADHD there because it's just like you know where do you draw the line between what a person with one type of neurological wiring does and and what another does because I'm exactly the same as you with stuff you know I, I will I will start playing something and I'll go that mechanic I hate and I can't rationalize it and I can't really understand it I mean, I can come on here and go, oh, bloody, bloody, blah, this is why. But, you know, I, it, it's sort of 90% lying to myself. It's just yeah. an emotional gut and gut reaction. And I'm like, I can't really justify it because it's a good game, but I don't want to play it. So, yeah, the shorthand of that is you're totally justified, no matter what the reason, for not liking any game or any game genre, really. Yeah, and it's, I mean, a lot of it, I think, comes down to the way it's set in the world and, and other things like that, because Elder Scrolls for Oblivion is a fantastic game. I can't deny it's a fantastic game, but I could not for the life of me get my head around it, despite it being ostensibly identical to Fallout 3 in terms of structure and overall mechanics and, uh, and things like that. It's just, But I could understand Fallout. Because of the way it used those mechanics and the way it, they they put those into almost like a real world scenario. So when it comes to the fantasy stuff, I struggle. Put it in a real world context, all over it, absolutely fine. And I think that's the same when it comes to JRPGs. The more modern they are, so the uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I'm, I'm okay with. I'm getting on with that because um, it's set in like modern day ish Japan alternate worlds and stuff like that and um but the persona series persona 4 definitely you know i i get that but more fantasy stuff along those same sort of lines yeah though goes just does not sink in at all yeah fair enough yeah um yeah i don't i mean i don't like the modern japanese rpgs mainly because they they're more like strategy games i think that people see them as oh you've got more real-time control means that they're more like action rpgs but they're really not because it's more like you set you create a strategy you go i want you to do this and be a tank for this long and then be uh, an attacking force for that long whilst this person is you know a poisoner and does this and walks around the side and then you set that in motion and you see what happens well that's like football manager you know, that's not like a real-time RPG. That yeah. you know, that's not Zelda. That's you know, yeah, that's strategy, and I don't like that. Whereas RPGs are, you know, I want to use this thing, and the outcome will be variable, as opposed to action games, which are I shoot a gun and it has one effect, and you know, it's then it's down to skill of how quickly you can deploy that effect. 
So, yeah, I think I'm quite kind of impressed by how the the Japanese developers have shifted the goalposts. And to, to a degree, the West are not following it at all. Because, like, stuff like... I don't know what is a modern Western RPG. I'm terrible at remembering them because I, I hate. I think you're still looking at stuff like Mass Effect and stuff Mass like Effect, that. Mass Effect, really Skyrim, the you'll get. yeah, mm, yeah, and they're action RPGs, aren't they? Really, yeah. they're kind of the the emphasis is on the action, and even you know The Witcher to a certain degree, although that's much more in the the action side than the yeah. RPG side. Uh, uh, but- just yeah, to cover yeah. the like the ADHD side very briefly, because I don't want to go into it too, um, for anyone to fix it. I'm not saying that every game out there has got to cater for someone who has ADHD or anything. That is why I don't like certain... I, I, I struggle with certain games. I don't like them. I appreciate how good they are, but I struggle with certain games. Um, and I think there's some things that can be done in certain genres and certain games that can help people like me. But I'm not saying that every game has to sort of streamline and cater to me at the same time. So, But we'll cover this in a future episode. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Talking of convoluted mechanics, because I was going to talk about this one last, but I can segue into it. A nice seamless segue. Although I'm explaining what a segue is, which takes out the seamlessness of it somewhat. Yeah, um, I've been playing Quintera which is a it's a strategy roguelike deck building turn-based game which when i heard about it i thought oh, i was gonna be right up my street i like deck building i like roguelikes uh, and things like that and the concept of the game is fine it's like so basically you have to like build this army and then you have to sort of like go through these missions and and things like that and instead of being like deck building purely in the same way as slay the spire or something like that you kind of use your cards as moves and then you have a tactics style board so like a final fantasy tactics thing but hexagonal um, shapes and you move around and you have to get into position and stuff like that and if it was just that side of it the cards and the turn-based tactics side of it and that would be brilliant i think i would really get onto it but there's elements of deck building city building in a way uh, managing different equipments you create minions that go with it as well you've got these crystals that can have different things that go on um, and then obviously you've got the turn-based tactical side of stuff and you've got to manage morale and everything there's just so much going on that I'm, I, I, I was playing each one and I felt like I needed a guidebook or a tutorial running for every single game I played of this because there was just so much I had to manage and so much I had to deal with for a game that should have been quite simple. And alongside that, it's not just those little mechanics, but there's four different classes within it as well that each have a differing effect with how you play the game. And again, it's just got too much for me to really cope with. And it's a shame because the maps are really good. The battles are really good. It's well presented. And each individual mechanic works really, really, really well. But it's just too much. Again, if you take it down to a sports level, it's like deciding that you're going to... Do you know the film Basketball? 
I do. I love that film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. But it's obviously it's taking like rips out sort of like oh, there's bits of baseball in there, bits of basketball, these other homemade sports, and they throw it all into one. And the way they talk about the rules is this really sort of like confusing mess of rules. Um, and that's part of the joke. Well, that's what this game almost is. It's taken so many different elements that you can't actually explain the game to anybody. Yeah, I well, a few things. A nope. I just, I'm noping out of this one. I mean, I can't even, even if it was a good example of the genre, like it did stuff really well. Now nah, I'm done. Told you, 2021, done with any roguelites. Yep. Deck building games, I might well be done with forever. You know, that, I'm kind of there. That's where I am at the moment. Uh, B, my main takeaway is that I'm watching Basketball tonight because that film's superb. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, I, I think that might be on the dock. I might see if I yeah. can convince the family. Yes, totally. Oh, it's so good. But um, yeah, it's kind of. I can imagine that when the developers were doing it, it's like, oh, we've got these brilliant ideas. We can we can make them work, and then just the the daily grind and the cost and the length of time before publishing just meant the ideas either got watered down or they couldn't get perfected or just that when they brought them all together they didn't really work the way they wanted you know so that that's the thing if they was watered down i'd probably be a bit more forgiving but they're not that's the, that's the thing about it. Yeah. each individual thing is well fleshed out and works really well in isolation just all together it doesn't and i'm going to talk it straight away after this one actually before you get onto your next stuff i'll talk about another deck building game that absolutely nails it but yeah it's just this i i want to like it and i had to go and check other reviews in the end because i had to go and look go was it me is there something wrong with me and it's generally got positive reviews but I, there's a lot of people when they are talking about the game uh making excuses for it a guy, yeah, but you know, once you get over this, this is the really good bit, or you can kind of you focus on this bit. I was like, ah, no, not really. And it's, it's, I don't, maybe it wasn't for me, maybe, but I don't want to like dump on it because it's not a bad game. You can tell it's been made with love, and the attention that's gone into absolutely everything is there for all to see. But yeah, it's, um, just so convoluted and packed with stuff that I just couldn't get get into it at all, unfortunately. Um, but if you do want to try it, it is out on Steam um, and it's just over 11 quid, I think. So, you know, it's early access still. So I suppose just to say that it's not a review, it is early access. So maybe this is stuff that will come be streamlined or fixed on final release. But it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay for what it is, just not for me bit convoluted but hopefully they fix it there's a good question in there i think of and this is a question for the audience as much as it is for you how many games have you backed or seen backed in early access that had problems that were then fixed by the full release i'm guessing that it's probably only about 50 50 but the ones that did manage it were ended up being really great like hades but yeah yeah interesting interesting so well you almost make the, the great segue for me then uh, because the other deck like deck like the other roguelike deck building game <laughs> i've been playing finally getting into it is fights in tight spaces right which is still in early access and it's a roguelike deck building game but this very much takes the 
mechanics of a monster train or slay the spire and just puts you in a different world with it so essentially um you've, you've got these slight bits that there is some more elements than just playing your cards and getting the right i keep saying cohesion but i can um, i can't remember what the actual thing is where you get the cards that work well together um my mind really gone blank with what that is actually term is well, for that cohesion's good but complementary maybe or no no no, no i can't remember what it was emailing yeah, podcast at mentalhealthgaming.com <laughs> to tell me how stupid i am and what it is but yeah the cohesiveness of the cards and build and building that out is similar to Slay the Spire, so you'll get certain moves that will work well with other moves within the deck and stuff like that. But because you've got these, like, this actual sort of, like, uh, brawling mechanic in there, so you, you're, like, you literally are in a small room, like a bar or something like that, and you're taking on one person or two or three or whatever. There is some ways, like, oh, you move here and you might get a better angle, but it's not fully tactical. So it's really simplified that bit down just to give you some advantages and okay you build your deck and you kind of go do i go with a, throw everything at it and build it that way to just pummel or do i use just certain cards where possible and things like that really well presented everything's really simplified it doesn't actually feel like a deck building game even though it is extensively a deck building game in the vein of slay the spire uh, even the progression is for it you've got like this branching map that you go through and some will go oh you take on these enemies and then you take on a like maybe a boss enemy or you can go this way and you might get a scenario that can reward you or punish you or there's these chests that will give you extra cards and you get the rewards after every battle so all that side of it is all in there but it's just so well presented and again this is the, the difference between it's an early access game um, you've got your various different classes but everything makes sense in the world and uh, they've not added a whole bunch of stuff it doesn't need now at the moment i might be wrong with this i don't know if it's added or whether i misreaded it unlike slade aspire where as the more you play it the more you get some permanent unlocks this doesn't look like it's got any permanent card unlocked. So everything you earn, you have to earn from scratch again with each new run. Um, but it's got this really interesting mechanic to it as well. And I don't know if this is on purpose or if this is something they will fix by the final release. But the one thing that does save is your chapter progression. So you could go through to maybe chapter two, for example, and die in chapter two. And instead of going back to the beginning of the first chapter, you can start from fresh again at chapter two. But it means you'll be completely overwhelmed by the the battles and the enemies because you've got your base cards again, which is why I don't know if I'm missing something with maybe permanent unlocks or something like that. Now, that's a bit frustrating, but again, my thing to that is I'll just go back to the beginning. I won't start halfway through because I'm just going to get my ass handed to me. But yeah, absolutely wonderful. Not perfect. A um, little bit of work to do, um, but it's a game that's released in early access and it feels as feature complete as it's going to be and it's mainly just polishing and balancing and, and that kind of thing. But the total opposite to Quintera where there are a couple of different mechanics but they're knitted together into one really good solid package and not fighting against each other for your attention yeah i heard good uh, early word about that game it seems to be getting a, a fan base together so yeah sounds like it's doing the right stuff 
yeah absolutely um mm. uh, okay that you you see that that's what early access should be where you've got almost and you mentioned hades before which does it really well but you've got you know you've you basically got your game as good re- and ready to go as possible and what you're looking for is final feedback um yeah so yeah absolutely spot on lovely game um still some improvements but i i really enjoy my time with it and i'm glad i finally got around to playing it cool well yeah i mean adding kind of key features is one of the subjects of the next game i've been playing so there you go segue i love the fact that it's a thing that we always ruin segues by talking about our segues that's yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah definitely that's a cockney miyamoto level of channel identification yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but um i've been playing uh r-type final 2 so I've been playing it since nine o'clock last night, not continuously, although, you know, that's a temptation. But yeah, it's a game that I kickstarted. I haven't actually got my Kickstarter edition because I backed a physical copy and I always knew I was going to be buying it on Steam anyway. So I can have it whizzy and flashy on my fast PC and use my joystick and all that. But yeah, I've managed to put two and a half hours on it already. So that's not bad going. And it's really great. Uh, I will talk about it more over the coming weeks but just in terms of you know because it's a kickstarter it's actually more professionally polished than i expected it would be mm. but there are a couple of li- couple of little things that could go back in it like a really big one is like you can for the first time i think in our type you can change your ship speed with a button rather than having to collect power up to change it and it defaults to a slower speed than i'm than I would pick as my default. And a lot of modern shooters, you can set in the options what it starts on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that. And there's a couple of little bits. But generally, it's, uh, you know, minor nitpicks like that aside, it's a very polished R-type shooter. And so far, early days, but so far, level three I'm up to, it's really good and it's it's looking like it might be up there with the greatest in the series so yeah exciting so far so just, just to touch on this then is our top final two is it a full-blown brand new sequel or is it a remaster fact like a remaster stroke remake of a previous r type it's a brand new sequel and it's a direct sequel to the final game yeah, which obviously ironic as we were talking about in last week's podcast with the name final but um, yeah no it's uh, it's a direct sequel so the quirks that made final what it was uh, were that it had a hundred ships spaceships to unlock yeah. all variants on the original and with some special ships thrown in there so it had uh, Mr. Heli which is from another Iron game, and a few others, um, a few other special ships, and uh, but they were kind of variants on different types of the uh, the R the R nine and the other R type craft. And playing it through, you could do a different routes and through the levels, and they could unlock different ships and playing as different ships, unlocked other ships, and yeah, so it was it was really clever in that, and it was intended as a a living kind of mausoleum slash um, museum of 
R-type history as much as it was a game. And uh, it's really weird that you've got a sequel that does the same thing because it was, that was totally intended to just be the last you ever yeah. saw of it. But uh, it works, you know? It still works. So there you go. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more of that. It's R-type is the one that whenever someone says to me about a, a STG... <laughs> Oh, you remembered? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still oh, funny. Um, but yeah, so any time I hear about a shmup or, or anything like that, it's always the first one I think of. It's it's the Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan or Pele of of um, shmups. I think it's the the one that you go, yeah, that's gone above what that genre is. Yeah, it's very much chess to Gradius or Gradius's checkers. It's yeah. uh, slower, more contemplative, as slow as shoot 'em ups ever get. You know, it's still fast, but slower, slower than Gradius. But the two, those two, are the the two at the top, back constant, locked in battle, for which is the the best. But I, I think it's our, it's probably our type. Yes, yeah, no, I, I say I, I think it's the one shmup everyone's played, surely, at some point. I would have thought so. Although young people will have no idea. I was at work and, and a lot of the people I work with now are a lot younger than me. To the degree where the 30-year-olds are saying to the, the recent graduates, oh, do you remember such and such? And they're like, no. And like, oh, do you remember this? No. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh God, I'm, a, I'm another generation above that in terms of remembering so uh, that makes me feel very very old but anyway they're like oh you're into games like what are you playing and i named them and they're like no no have you played fortnite mister <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> uh, we should get them listening to this we can introduce them to the world of video games yeah so if you are listening to this work people this is what we play and and it's not just you've never heard of him like loads of people probably never heard of him there you go yeah, yeah, but no, I, 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 I might go back and try and see if I can dig out our type. We're getting arguments over video games here as it goes oh. um, with young people. So before I get on to my final game um, for the week, it's not the only games I've been playing this week. But it's the final game for the week. Edith has been sort of like really getting sort of like playing loads on a switch. She's been sort of like hammering Animal Crossing, which is I love watching her play and just like the uh her, i want to say a childlike wonderment but she is a child so um so her wonderment just with, wonderment. <laughs> yeah. yeah just wonderment um of playing of playing games but we um also got for her came through the post uh pokemon snap and just her joy at trying that was just something else um and she she's such a character she's playing it she's doing the intro and then she's doing it and she turns around, she goes, oh my goodness, this is the weirdest Pokemon Snap game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I was like, was you with someone else in 1999? Was you, you know, you wasn't here in 1999 when the last one came out, Edith, but... Um, <laughs> but technically she's not wrong. No, no, yeah. But no, she, she absolutely loves it. And it seems like a really fascinating game. Um, absolutely murdering the review scores at the moment. It's like tens and nines. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I was expecting maybe sixes and sevens, but one of those games where I'd play it and go, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, it is a six stroke seven out of ten, but it's fun. Who cares? But no, absolutely obliterated expectations. But what is the snap part? Because I'm guessing it's not the old card game that uh, Photography. we call snap. 
Oh, right. Just going round on rails, taking photos of Pokemon. So it's like a rail shooter, but the shooting is just photography. Yeah, but and you get scored based on the photo you take. So what the pe- what the Pokemon are up to, how many different ones are in there, um, how much of the actual Pokemon you've got. So if you know you've got a mark, like you've got a really good picture, but there's a bush obscuring, you'll get less points and things like that. And it's got an online ranking system. And yeah, I'll talk more about it in, in a future week when I've played more of it. But yeah, she absolutely loves it so far. Cool. Um, and she's splitting between that, Mario 3D World and, say, Animal Crossing and Smash because she loves Smash. Yeah. Nintendo really have that corner of the market totally covered, don't they? Yeah. So there'll be more with Edith and we'll talk about that down in a little bit with the uh, that, before we finish the state of play with mental health gaming. Cool. So the, the actual final game I've been playing, and I'm going to try and be nice because I don't want to upset my flat, but it was a bit disappointing, unfortunately. But I've been playing Buildings Have Feelings too. Okay. Which, be unsurprised to know, is an indie game because, you know, I do love an indie game. And it's a city builder stroke city management game, um, but the buildings are sentient and the base core of it is you know you still got to sort of like put certain buildings in certain areas um so you can't put residential next to factory buildings and stuff like that because obviously the people who live in those residential buildings won't like it but you've got to have commercial that provides the both and all that kind of thing but the hook on it is that the buildings sort of like they they are as they sentient um, and they have requests so they have hopes and dreams and things like that mm-hmm. and they age and you get some buildings like sort of go that i've had enough of life now so please demolish me it's like well that's a bit dark but i get it yeah it's kind of an interesting thing it's going i've finished my purpose so you know let's go to switzerland so to speak yeah and the, the hook of it seems really, really good. It's like this really lovely 2D thing. So it's not like a big 3D world builder. It's on the 2D part, uh, plane and you kind of go from sort of almost like decade to decade. It starts off in like 1900. You go decade to decade and it's almost like individual levels. And the concept of it is so interesting that I had such high hopes for it. Visually, it's beautiful, like almost like this hand-drawn cartoon things. And each building does have emotion to it and you start to feel for the buildings. The problem is, it's a bit one note. And by the time I finished the first level, I felt I was done with it. Yeah. And the hook of oh my god this is really cute and it's like really good seeing these buildings be like this it was gone i don't know what they could even do differently about it because everything about it is sound mechanically works well the the style and the character of it spot on on the whole the idea of the buildings having emotions and wanting a purpose and stuff like that works really well it makes it different enough from your traditional city builders but retains enough of the mechanics of a traditional city builder that it works there so you can go into it um it's very hand holdy but i think that's in a positive way 
on the whole, but even when you get sort of like really deep into it, it's still almost like a glorified tutorial. I was waiting for it to let me go a bit, but it never does, which is a shame. So each individual part seems decent, but just doesn't work. So the only thing I can liken it to is I love popcorn and I love corn on the cob and things like that and i don't know i love i love coffee but mix that all together in one and make me eat it in like a, a mashed up in soup it's not going to be good together no not happening yeah it's just got so much love poured into it that i can't put my finger on what i think it's just literally a case of some things just don't work and that, that's it, I think. Well, also, if it's if you you felt it was handholdy and a bit simplistic, and then didn't develop, then it, really it might must just have be. Been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't actually going to say that out loud, but yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it might just be aimed at a different market. It might might be why your family who you know are younger and or maybe don't play games as much aren't as bothered and they're happier with it. Maybe. Possibly. I mean, I did a game with this. When I do something where I was thinking, I've, I've, I've got such a strong feeling about this on the negative, because you know me, I'm generally really positive about games. Yeah. I always do go, right, is it just me? Am I just not getting it? And generally, unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of the uh, critics are saying a lot of the same things that it's just for what, no one could put their finger exactly on what's wrong with it. But again, it's why I love indie games. So to get on the positive side of it, I always like to finish on a positive when it comes to this. It's why I love indie games because someone's had a go. They've made something and they, they clearly love it and they've made a game for themselves. It's not worked, but it it will find a audience of some description, um, even if it's a smevy... Because it's not a bad, bad game. Again, there's bound to be people out there who will get something from it. And I enjoyed little bits of it. So it's not me going, oh my God, this is awful. I just can't put my finger on why. I, I, I'm not going to stick with it. I'm not going to go back to it. But again, you think 15 years ago, that had no chance of ever making any impression on anything so again it's why i love indie games they've tried something it's not worked but hopefully it gives them the experience that they can maybe take parts of that and do something different with it but yeah it's um yeah unfortunate but i'm glad it again i'm glad it exists and someone got to make something they clearly love cool yeah that is good but yeah that's it for me with games i don't know if you've got any more uh, no oh, yes and no I mean I it's not hardly worth talking about because I've only managed to put two minutes on it but I did get the release of Mr. Driller Drill Land on Switch um, which is a remaster just simply yes. because it was six grid and you know, that's dead cheap uh, was, that, was that download or physical so it was one of these weird code in a box things uh, so if anybody if anybody wants a a spare box or they've got Driller Drill Land if there was ever a physical version but not the box then hit me up on the email and I'll send it to you but code yeah. in a box is the worst I mean we we started getting physical games because we've got two switches so it becomes easier to have physical yeah if I want a box and I want something I want it physical <laughs> just I don't want well yeah what's the frigging point of having something cluttering up your shelf for no, literally no reason the only thing I can think is gift, as a gift. That's the only thing I can think, but then that's a waste of plastic. We're meant yeah. to be saving plastic. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, 
A, I feel terribly guilty anyway, even though it was so cheap. But on the flip side, I will make sure it gets used in some way. I'll either give it away to somebody who's going to use it, or I'll reuse the box. I'll, like I'll, I'll swap it for one that's broken or something. That, so, but I do feel what, bad about it. That could be a collection to have. A collection of used code in a box cases. Yeah. <laughs> Definitive collection. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mortal Kombat 11's that as well. Ugh, horrible. It's lazy. And the fact that they've done it with MK11. Ah. Come on. That, that's <laughs> poor. And Mr. Driller. That'll fit on a cartridge. I'd, I'd have a cart of that in my collection. I know. That's incredibly cheap of them. But there you go. But yeah. But it's a good game, actually. You'll enjoy that. Yeah, the, the three minutes I've put on it so far have been good. So, yeah, yeah, cool. I love Mr. Driller. Again, I'm not very good at it, actually, but I love Mr. Driller. I'm I might, terrible I might, at it. I might boot that up later, actually. Um, but I've also picked up, I've done a few trading because obviously we can go out to the shops now. So I traded a few old PS4 and, uh, games and stuff like that and managed to pick up Persona 5 Strikers uh, just on the site, on, on the offshoot of this. Sometimes, you know, when you pick up live, so you get your secondhand games and obviously like any codes and that have been used within it. And, you know, on the Switch, like you can redeem your gold points from the cartridges. Oh, I always forget to do that. Yeah. See, I'm glad there's people like you because there's people like you who still trade in their games. You pop the cartridge in, you go, I'll check it and redeem it. And you get your 50 points. You get your 50p extra back. <laughs> So yeah, it's yeah, it's just a weird aside. I've not played any Persona Five uh, Strikers yet. It's just I traded. It's a game I want, but didn't ever really want to pay out for because I didn't want to pay forty quid for a game that I might not get on with for a while. So I thought trading in, it's pretty much cost me nothing. So yeah, I picked that up and got fifty p bonus. So we've established Pokemon Snap is about the card game yeah and persona 5 strikers is about footy yeah <laughs> oh yeah. my god i could do that persona 5 strikers is a musu game uh, okay but yeah. it's uh, it's by the people who do the um dynasty warriors and they've done the hyrule warriors fire emblem warriors 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 the ultimate warriors oh my <laughs> warriors, god warriors are like that oh my god they should do the ultimate warriors the ultimate warriors warriors mosu with all wrestlers in it oh my god that there you go that'll make that there you go that'll be better than any of the recent wwe games that have come out but it's really weird so it's got like all the actual fighting part apparently it's all like proper mosu um but it's a persona game an absolute persona ass persona game apparently wow so one great i'm glad they've gone down that route rather than just stuck a bunch of persona characters into a mosu game and left it at that two if you're able to fit pretty much a persona game in there where the bloody hell is my persona 5 portable edition this is a good point i, I want it i can't play it. i try i've got persona 5 on the playstation 4 i can't play it i cannot play a persona game on a big screen is it rights licensing rights or something i, I don't see how because joker from persona 5 is in smash it's Persona 5, I think, has come out on PC. Or is it Strikers has only come out? I don't know. But I can't see why it's PlayStation only. Um, unless, I mean, the only thing I can think, but the, no one said anything it's to do with rights. It's not like a Tetris situation where only certain things can come out in certain places because, again, just release it in Japan and put an English language option on it, you know, easy. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm hoping it's going to be maybe a big reveal at some point. So I'm, I'm not actually going to play much of Persona. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just a weird aside. That's a game I'm not playing or haven't played yet. <laughs> cool.
So, moving on. Um, we're not really going to have a big talk on mental health stuff because um, I've just been all over the place trying to get back into a routine. I kind of, because my vision, I'm about 80% back with my vision now. So I could actually start playing games. I looked at my list of games that I managed to pick up just prior to my surgery and in the weeks after when I thought I would be done soon. I had, boy, there's a bit of a backlog. And sort of being able to play them all and then write about them, I just can't, my head just can't get around sitting down and doing lots of writing. So what we're going to be doing is having a, not, not a restructure of things but i've been looking at what we're doing at the moment as a group what i want to do moving forward and how we're going to structure that so first and foremost this podcast is cancelled it's not it's not it's not um this podcast stays as it is um how it is Um, okay we apologize for the release dates a bit all over the place at the moment but Stu started a new job I've got activities with kids and that that need to be fitted in and so on. But so it will still come out weekly, just a little bit scatterbrained in terms of what days it might come out. I'm also going to be doing a secondary podcast that is going to focus purely on more in-depth game chatter. So it might be chatter about one particular game. It might be two or three games, but just more in-depth, more discussion and review based on that side of things. That podcast will also be added to video and put on YouTube, as well as a monthly roundup video on games as well. And I'm also going to start a written mental health diary that I plan to do writing daily, almost as an actual daily diary, and then releasing weekly on the site. So we do the mental health side of that. And that stuff I plan on doing sort of like almost starting within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to go back to streaming, but what I'm actually going to do is rather than stream myself um, and try to have conversations with nobody or or anything like that, I'm actually going to show how much joy I'm having watching Edith get into gaming and her joy with gaming. So there's going to be a lot of streams with Edith, mainly playing Switch stuff. We'll play some stuff on the PC, but I'm going to bounce off her. She'll bounce off me. It'll be entertaining and why she just brings me so much joy and why that sort of thing's really good for your mental health as well. So that's going to be the streaming side of things. And I'm also trying to set up different interviews with people in the gaming industry and people who work with mental health and things like that. Just again, to bring it all round because I did start off doing a lot of the mental health side and then it got sidetracked by the games side of things as well but i want to kind of bring it back around now and structure things out so loads absolutely loads on the docket i know it's all been a bit quiet of late but that's what's happening and yeah just want to thank everyone for continued support on the whole Stu, you haven't quit yet have you i'm still here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no it's cool and no no it's really good ideas and it's weird with the pandemic because it opened up a lot of opportunities for podcasting and because mm. you know especially because there's a lot more time on your hands but also then it kind of disrupts like you said what you do with the kids and when they're around and then when you restart work are you in the office or are you not office based were you ever office based all sorts of weird stuff but um what you talked about is is really cool really exciting sounds uh like you know a good opportunity to have a podcast that i'm not on so that we actually get some listeners yeah 
Yeah, all we've got to do is find a podcast that I'm not on either. Oh, yeah. No podcast. That'd be ideal, wouldn't it? We have no yeah, pa- podcast. Pa- we'll probably have tons of listeners. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other podcast we run that we're not on is that Giant Bomb one. They get lots of listeners. They do, and and yeah, we've we've very we stepped away from that, didn't we? We we've, we've been very yeah. hands off. Yeah. yeah, and the Easy Allies one, we didn't do that one as well. And oh, we yeah, let them no. get on with it. Oh, um, um, I'm a silent partner in that. I just let them run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see. I don't know. Um, we're also gonna do kind of what's going ahead with the the site the podcast the videos loads of stuff coming down the line um i'm not gonna just throw it all in one go but the first thing i'm gonna start is the mental health diary and the secondary podcast those will be the two immediate things cool Um, am i done with my podcast nearly i'm gonna hand over to Stu now and he's gonna he's gonna finish off. Indeed, I will. Did you want to come and say goodbye? Do you want to do you want to sign off for the seeds? What? Do you want to say goodbye to everyone for me? Yeah. Come on then, come here quickly. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to fire you, Stu, but Edith wants to come and say bye bye. Ugh, my replacement. Right, come on then, bye. into the mic. Say bye bye everybody. Bye bye everybody. Send us money on Patreon. Send us money on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Go, right. Give us money on coffee. Give us money on toffee. There you go. Thank you, Edith. Nice. <laughs> yeah. See, now, if you don't if you don't donate now, you're going to make a little girl cry. Yeah, exactly. Also, <laughs> yeah. I, always, I often beg for coffee, you know, but yeah. in even more a high-pitched voice. Uh, <laughs> so, right, I, we're going to pass over to Stu to actually sign us out professionally. <laughs> oh, professionally. Yes, that's me. Honest, Gov. Uh, so have <laughs> have a great week, everybody. As usual, follow us in all the usual places. Like and subscribe. Send an email to podcast at mentalhealthgaming.com if you want to ask any questions. I promise we'll actually bother to look at them and read them soon. And other than that, please do stay safe, stay sane, and take care. Mental Health Gaming.